0: Welcome back guys to another Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Ethan Hamilton, and today I'm with Riley Lowe and Christina Willis. How are you guys doing? How was your fourth of July weekend?
1: I'm doing really good. Um, I spent my fourth of July working, uh, unfortunately, but it was really good because I work with autistic kids. So we got to make their day great and they went swimming and did arts and crafts. So I think I spent it pretty well.
2: That sounds so amazing, Christina. I like. I just spent time with my family, obviously back home and like made barbecue um which was really good and just spent time with my grandparents and my parents so it was a lot of fun how was yours Ethan
0: uh I mean y'all had more exciting for the than me I kind of was just chilling at home I got off of work early so I guess that was a good thing so but yeah I was kind of just relaxed and just enjoying the weekend all right so guys the first topic of a discussion today is going to be um Texas State volunteer workouts, volunteer workouts are starting back up in the next couple of weeks with uh, the fall sports kind of getting ready to um, adjust back like post quarantine. So what are y'all's reactions to that?
1: Um, For me, I think that the workouts and stuff like that, I just want everyone to be safe in everything that they're doing, coming back, you know, with everything, it's still going on, everyone still needs to be aware need to be safe, still social distancing. Um, They just need to be aware, and I think everything would be okay.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that, like, that they just need to make sure that everything's safe, and it really seems like they are taking the most precautions out of anyone to make sure that all of the student-athletes and coaches are safe and not, um, like, getting COVID unless they get it outside of working out or anything, so I'm really excited about the next season and I'm, ha- I'm hoping that we don't get canceled. Like I know that the Ivy league schools canceled their fall sports seasons. So let's just hope that we get to see volleyball, football, um, basketball, soccer. So it's going to be a lot of excitement in San Marcos.
0: For sure. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I feel like safety is the number one priority and I feel like if they just keep that in mind, I feel like they'll be able to make like a correct decision on whether or not we're gonna have a season next year. Cause honestly I'm really excited for the football season with with a bunch of the new JUCO transfers and Brady McBride coming in. So and Spavid will have an, another season under his belt. So I'm really excited for the football season. So hopefully they can give us some news, some updates soon before we go back at the end of August. I feel like that'd be really dope. And yeah, I think that's all that we have for texas state news today do you guys have anything else you guys want to add with regarding that
1: um, uh the latest updates is actually texas state had announced that three bobcats earned a wgca all-american scholar late monday june 29th and it's really really important just because we haven't received an honor for the bobcats since 2014
0: for sure that's that's really dope of them. Do you know what that inclines, like, what they had to do to earn those um, accolades?
1: Um, When I was just, like, reading the article, it's just over their seasons and, like, how they performed and stuff like that and um, just basically their performance and everything that they were doing. All
0: right. Well, yeah, congratulations to them. Shout-outs to them. Um, yeah, that's dope. Let's move towards um, San Marcos sports right now. Um, with them this week, uh, or just this summer in general, they got a couple um, coaching hires, and the big one being um, John Walsh, who will be the new athletic director and the head football coach for the Rattlers. So Christina, you did a little bit of research on him. What do you have to say?
1: Um, for Marvin Nash. Um, I actually did for the football athletics as the co-offensive coordinator. Um, he is looked at as the difference maker and he teaches special education as well. He has a special impact on these students, the school as whole, well, the staff. I was able to actually watch his introduction video and what he believes and what he plans on bringing to the school as a whole. He's very passionate about the kids on the field and off uh, off the field just because building a strong relationship with them is what's gonna go ahead and build that bond and you know, go ahead and get them to form, perform the best on the field. Um, growing up, he was an only child And when he was actually playing sports in high school, his mother ended up getting cancer and his coaches went ahead and stepped in and was that authoritative figure to help make a difference in his life, not just on the field, but off. So I really think he's going to make a really big impact with these kids um, overall as well.
2: Yeah, John Walsh has definitely made some big hires, like Christina was saying, um, with Nash. But also, he is he hired Carl Thompson as the defensive line coach and the strength and conditioning coordinator for San Marcos High School. Um, and he was coached actually by John Walsh whenever Walsh was at um, Denton Geyer. Um, and he was while he was named while he was on the team, he was named to three um, three years all district as well as Denton Geyer won two consecutive state champions in his sophomore and junior year that he was then recruited by Rice and started as a true freshman in 10 games, which is amazing with 10 total total tackles and one sack. And he also played in his sophomore year um, and ha- just, it had about like eight total tackles too. But in his junior year, he actually had to sit out because he was recovering from an injury, which led into his senior year um, and, and, it was just, it didn't seem like a really good situation, but it's going to be really great to see how he does as the defensive um, line coach for Sam Marcus, especially because he has that college experience. So hopefully he can bring that to the Rattlers and kind of rejuvenate um, their coaching staff.
0: For sure. I like both of y'all's choices. I feel like Coach Wals already in like a month or two months that he's been he's been on the job. He's made pretty pretty significant changes on the coaching staff. And I feel like he's he's earned it, especially with his um accolades that he earned down in Denton Geyer, turning that program around to one of the better programs here in the football state of Texas. So I feel like if he can do it there, he can do it anywhere. And I'm really excited to see what he does in the next couple of years with the with the Rattlers, because the past couple of years they haven't been doing pretty great. And I feel like they kind of needed a change at the top. And Coach Walls could be that change in the near future. So I'm really excited about y'all's two choices. And that's going to be it for the first half of the show, guys. Stay tuned. Um, Coming up next, we're going to have Coach Connor of the Texas State Bobcats soccer team come in here and talk to us about how how they've handled the quarantine offseason and what they're looking forward to this upcoming season especially with the release of the 2020 schedule um so yeah guys stay tuned all right welcome back to ktsw 89.9 right now here we're with a lovely guest we're here with coach kat connor of the texas state bobcats soccer team how you doing coach
3: i'm doing great thank you thank you for that introduction i don't know if i've ever been called lovely so (laughs) that's that's nice thank you
0: very welcome very welcome i guess uh, let's just get right in it right into it so uh my first question is, uh, how was your Fourth of July weekend? How would you celebrate it?
3: In the house, <laughs> in the house, by myself, uh, watching movies, and been watching TV, I guess, you know, um, not, not really doing much. We're trying to, we've made a commitment here with the soccer team that we're trying to be quarantine ourselves. If we're not here, you know, working or we're not, um, you know, working out what we're supposed to be doing, then we're going to take care of ourselves and make sure we're, we're doing the right thing, and, and so we get to have a season.
0: For sure, for sure. So, um, uh, how have you guys been handling the whole COVID off season? Like, what have what kind of changes have you guys made within tra- tactical training or just training like altogether when it comes to conditioning?
3: Yeah, it's well, we we've just now recently been able to even, um, well, not me. Per NCAA rules, the coaches' staff is still not able to work with the team, um, but the team is back, uh, working in, in quote unquote the NCAA what ncay saying voluntary workouts um, but they're with our strength and conditioning coach and they're with coach lance sewell and uh, joanne our trainer um, but we see them out there and uh, it looks like they're all out there working hard and it's you know they're all masked up they're staying six feet apart um, they do most of their workout outside um, so you're just kind of trying to do the most you can under the you know the restrictions that everybody's asking us to do um, it's it's still hard because you, you know you, being a team, you you want to you wanna give each other high fives, you want to, like, you know, it's, it's close, it's camaraderie, and it's hard to do. Um, we've done a lot of virtual Zoom meetings, but again, there's that disconnect of just not filling that energy together. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really just, I just really am looking forward to get them, getting to see them in person, face-to-face, August 4th, and that's when we'll come back for preseason. All right, coach.
1: I'm Christina. I'm uh, lovely to see your face. All right, so um, the new updated schedule actually was released and I had a question for you. You know, your first game is really around the corner, August 11th against UTSA. And I was wondering how you feel as a whole. How's your team feel as a whole? You know, it's right around the corner and how you're preparing for this game.
3: Yeah, it is right around the corner. Um, it, well, that game, honestly, is, is, it's kind of what we call an exhibition. So uh, the coach of UTSA and I, you know, we try to play each other in season. It just didn't work out that season. But, you know, luckily we're right up and down the road from each other. So it gives us that opportunity to kind of have like more of a, uh, um, you know, maybe as close as we can get to a scrimmage, but being real. Um, So it gives our players a chance to feel that energy of having a game. And especially when you have newcomers, it gives them the opportunity to get into their first collegiate experience. So I think we always try to find exhibition matches before um, we actually go into our real game, um, real game being the the, actual when the season starts, which is the August 20th game. Um, So Lamar and UTSAs are more like exhibition matches for us that allow our players to have, Hopefully that connection and build that connectivity and and get those freshmen their first opportunity in a collegiate experience and help them to learn. That's a great coach. Um, this
2: is Riley, by the way. Um, I, so as Christina said, we saw the schedule being released um, earlier this month. Um, and you have a tough non conference schedule. How do you see that that benefiting the team in,
3: before conference play? Well, I, I'll be honest with you, these, these athletes, what, when we go out recruiting, we look for young women who want to rise to the challenge and want to meet challenges. And and I think our players honestly do very well when they're asked to be challenged. Um, they they love it, they like it. Um, it's kind of what they just thrive on. It's, it's amazing, it's, and I guess that's something we look for um, in, in players that we go out and look for. And, and I'll tell you the truth, this team loves that. We played TCU in the spring um, it was a tight match. Uh, you know, they, they got us early on with two goals. Um, and then we made corrections. And all of a sudden, it became a back and forth match. So I think it's it's inspiring to see them want that challenge and to grow as a team. So I, I put together that. I, well, I, it kind of fell into that. I had a couple games that I lost. And then all of a sudden, we picked up UT um, and Baylor at their tournament. I had TCU already on the schedule. But then those two fell in my lap, so to speak. Um, but when the players saw that, they were like, whoa, okay. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's going to be good for us because it's a tough competition and it only gets us ready for the Sun Belt. And our mission all the time is to go after that Sun Belt championship, both regular season and tournament, and to get into the NCAA tournament and, and go in there and try to win as many games as we can. And so I think it only sets us up for that for that type of caliber play and tells us what we need to do.
0: For sure, for sure. Great insight. Um, this is Ethan, by the way. Um, what kind of improvements have you guys made during the offseason that you guys are really, like, just focusing on that can help benefit you guys for the up- upcoming season?
3: Well, I'll be honest. We were in the process of making some great improvements and, and learning actually new players because we lost a great senior class, um, and they had been playing starting for us. You know, Heather, Jordy, Kondikoff, um, Genesis, geez, uh, Kaylee Davis, they'd all been playing for us since they – came in uh in in massive minutes so we've lost a good core of our team so we were actually working on our up our newcomers and our our players from 20 what was it 19 2019 to get more collegiate experience and to get more action and for them to start to try to you know kind of battle it out and find um you know more minutes for themselves so, unfortunately, that was cut short, um, but I thought we were making progress, and I thought a lot of players were really starting to show. Avery Thies uh, was coming on strong in the back, which was really exciting. And then, of course, you had Rennie um, Moore and Allie, uh, who were starting to really do well in the center. Lindsey Salisbury was starting to kind of learn the system a little bit better. That was exciting. And then Kiara Gonzalez, who got a little bit of minutes in the fall, she really – I mean, she just came out of her shell. And it was really looking great, and, and I'm hoping that she just finds that magic again in the fall because I think you guys will love to watch her. And then uh, Kamaria Williams was playing up top for us, and she actually started to kind of start to get a feel for what we were asking of her and what we wanted her to do, which was kind of a somewhat of a little new position for her, the way we're asking her to play it. She had never done it like that, so I'm really excited that she's learning it and getting more confident with it. So for us, it's getting, you know, players more time and more – reps at understanding each other and understanding the way we want them to play. And unfortunately, we got cut short in spring, but I'm hoping that they'll just slide right back into it come August. All right, thank you very much, Coach. Um,
1: I was just wondering for the upcoming freshmen, you know, you guys actually have 10 new incoming freshmen that is a bunch. That is actually a good amount, I think. Um, I think thinking into the years growing and if they continue to play together, I think it's going to be a great team. But I was just wondering overall, these incoming freshmen, how are they going to impact the team? How are they going to make the season successful? What are you looking forward to?
3: Yeah, well, we, we, I think we have a great upcoming class. Um, Obviously we have two new goalkeepers um, to, you know, replace Heather and Kat Um, and not that you could ever replace those two, but we're going to try. Uh, Beth, AG and Abby are both going to go in there and battle out. Um, So I'm sure they'll make some mistakes, but I'm sure they'll start to learn right off the bat of what we're expecting of them. And, 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 hopefully just do pick up where they left off. Um, And then, of course, you've got um, one of the big players, a couple of players that we really are looking forward to that I could go down the list. Haley Shaw's up top. She loves to go at it um, and take people one-on-one. She can hit left and right-footed strikes. She kind of reminds me of a young Kaylee Davis. Now, if we can just groom her um, to be as impactful as Kaylee, that would be awesome. Uh, Then you've got a great offensive players. You've got uh, Trinity and Alana Clark, who are, are twins. Um, from the Austin area, but they come in, and one is just kind of like no, you know, like no if ands, or buts, gets the job done, workhorse type of player. The other one is very skillful, very crafty, um, and and a little bit of like what I call cheeky, meaning that uh, she'll see things and do things that you don't really see, and and think good things come about. So it's exciting to have her come into our group, and then we've got a couple other players that are just like her, in Maya Ulo and uh, what Emma Jones who are just two great midfielders who are really going to work. And I see them more like Rennie Moore and like Allie. So I think they're going to impact the game and, uh, and help us to do that. But then there's, there's several others more that are coming in too. And you're just hoping that they're, they've been doing their fitness on their own. So you're hoping they're fit. You're hoping they're strong. You're hoping that they're doing their ball skills that we've asked them to do so that when we come in in August, we can start really just working together. Um, and trying to, you know, create that sense where they get to know each other and learn each other and understand the roles that we're asking them to play is really what we're going to focus in when they come in August 4th.
2: Coach, you kind of touched on Beth Ajee and Abby Luxinger coming in and being the goalies for the team. Um, What could we expect from them if you could expand on that a little bit?
3: Yeah, um, Beth, Beth is a quick athlete like Heather Martin was. She's got sure hands. Um, and she plays the angles very well. She's a very intelligent reader of the game. So I look forward to almost kind of being a little bit like you know, Heather was. Um, and then, of course, uh, if, if she'll just have that passion like Heather did to win, then we're not going to skip a beat. Uh, but then you've got Abby in there who needs a little bit more. Um, she's a little rough on the edges. She needs a little bit more grooming in the skill um, and in her angles. But I think she's got great athleticism. That's one of the reasons why I, I loved her is that she's got that will and she's got the athleticism to be better. Um, and so we're really excited about how, how much she can grow. And that reminds me of Cat Buddy when I found her. She was, um, she was more of a basketball player, came in to play soccer, and, and the next thing you know, she, she turned in to be a great goalkeeper also. So we're really excited what Abby and, and Beth can become.
0: For sure, for sure. I'm pretty sure we can all agree with you that we're excited to see them see them perform. Um, what can you say with regards to like how recruiting was this off season, especially with the whole pandemic going on?
3: Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> for 2021 in soccer, in, in the whole of soccer, we're kind of a year ahead. So right now we are working we, uh, in in the spring. We were actually as coaches going out and looking for our 2022 class. So that would be your sophomores going into their junior year. So we were out there looking, trying to just kind of figure out who we were going to go after and, and start to phone call and email and text, all that kind of good stuff on June 15th. And so that's what we were doing in the spring as well as trying to work with our team. Um, but our 2021 class had already been committed. And now we were just trying to, you know, work with them through their junior year and get them ready for their se- or senior year and get them ready for you know, getting into Texas state with their admissions and all that kind of stuff. So kind of in that, in that way, the, the pandemic hasn't hurt us. This this break hasn't hurt us. Um, but now as you know we're going through it in the summer, it's starting to kind of hurt us because we're not – we're in a, what they call a dead period, NCA is, put us under a dead period. And so we cannot go off campus as coaches, and the players can't come on campus. We can watch them through video, um, but again – it's hard to kind of tell. You don't know, you know, (laughs) the level they're playing at, you know, if that was a really good team or not a really good team, or, you know, you can't tell, you just can't quite tell that athleticism speed on it. Um, So it makes it really tough. We do have, like I said, a group that we're, we're going after, but it should be nice to start to be able to kind of get out there and see them. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen soon. They've just put the dead period down until August 31st. So again, we're waiting to uh, be able to really keep, building that connection with them so right now we're just calling them texting them (laughs) telling them how great texas state is sending them tons of videos about us and they're sending videos about them and so it's just kind of in that you know that that flight pattern of just yeah we we want to you know do more
0: for sure for sure um earlier christina and riley they were they were talking about a lot about the freshmen and how you guys have such a large freshman class, but I kind of wanted to like flip the script and talk about like the seniors and the upperclassmen, like what are you yeah. expecting of them, especially when the team is so young this year?
3: Well, I, you know, they had great role models out of the last senior class of being good leaders. Um, you know, Rennie, Sydney, Cameron really were coming on strong in the spring. I thought, um, you know, Rennie, uh, Sydney's actually coming back from an ankle in or ankle injury slash bone spurs or something like that, where she had to have it, you know, kind of fixed at, in, during the fall. So she didn't get to play. And so for her to get fit, come back in the spring, she was really starting to find that groove again. So I'm excited to see Sydney come back um, and, and and be that connection. She's a really good piece for us. And to tell you truth, we did miss her last year. Um, she she would allow that connection to happen, um, to kind of bring the midfield with the forwards with Kaylee and herself. And, and that was missing, I felt like last year. So I'm excited to have her back um, Kinsey is such a force up, up front as forward or in the midfield. And her work ethic, her attitude, her positivity, her determination and drive is just something you can't teach. Um, and so I think our senior class is just going to role model what I call like the human system of it, which is like the character and the discipline that it takes to be a, a champion. And then you also have them showing the physical side of it too, and that is the technical and the um the tactical ideas that we play through and so i'm really excited with jessica Pykoff too she's actually moved out of the defensive role we've pushed her into the midfield and in as an outside midfielder and she was really starting to love that um we've done it different times in different seasons and she's always created goals from that position so i guess it's more on a coaching point that I i probably should have done it sooner but uh She's really exciting, and I'm excited to see how she Im- Im- impacts our attack too. Um, so again, with the senior class, you know, it's it's I think it's their time. They're ready. They've been groomed by some great senior classes, and I think they're ready just to take it on and uh, and show that they've been they've been listening, watching, and learning from some great classes, and and they're ready to show what they can do now.
0: For sure, for sure. And like final question for me, at least. Um, <laughs> What would you say is like your like your expectation for the team, um, for the season?
3: Well, you know, I I always exp- we, well, There's no doubt about it. I always want to win, 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 win. I want to win a championship, some belt championship, and I want. I win it, I'm I'm greedy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm greedy. I want to win the regular conference. I want to win the tournament conference, and I want to win games in the NCAA tournament. And I honestly want to get to the NCAA Final Four and win that soccer too. So, in that respect, that's always what we want. But more importantly. What we're looking to do especially through this pandemic is to create the connectivity with the team and with each other so that you know through this adversity that we're all facing that you know we can see that you know together we can beat it um and we can and we can win through anything um, and I and that's one of the things we're, we're working on is really trying to get to know each other appreciate each other's journey and help empower each other through this crazy <laughs> crazy COVID experience we're all having to do and, and to be there for each other, because I it, it has been hard for some of them um, to be away and to be isolated. And I think that's all weighed apart on us. And I, I think we need to show uh, as a whole, as a whole, not just as a team, but as, as, you know, human race, we need to show that there's more positivity and connectivity with each other to help each other through tough times. And and I'm, I'm appreciating that about our team. We uh, also did a hunger campaign um the united soccer coach association pushed that out on us and said hey let's let's give back to our communities at this time that we're all facing adversity and and again like like they always do this team rose to the challenge they i mean they i think they got 3000 pounds of food donated and then they had got over 600 dollars of uh, just pure donations from people so again it just shows that they're ready to make an impact on the field in the classroom and in everyday life and that's what I want as a whole as a coach when they leave Texas State I want people to see that these young women are more than just soccer players that they are actually good leaders and strong women and that's that's my goal
0: that's really great to hear that you, that you and the other coaching staff are really pushing that mentality of just to be great off the field as well not only on the field um I think that's that's all the questions we have for you today Riley Christina okay. you guys have anything else you guys want to add
1: no. Thank you very much, Coach, for coming on with us. We really appreciate it and all that
3: you do for the university. Thank you. How are you guys been holding up through this? Uh, just staying
0: <laughs> at home, relaxing.
3: Relaxing? Are you guys eager to get back? Are you back in St Marcus?
0: Uh no, no, not yet. Oh, they haven't not really yet? To our apartments or anything like that yet, but I'm looking forward to it.
3: Yeah. I'm actually
2: in San Marcos right now, but I'm about to move out of my apartment oh. into a new one. So, boy. <laughs> but, so you'll be busy. <laughs> yeah, but it's been great talking to you, Coach. It's I'm so
3: excited for this next season. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I think so, too. They're they a great bunch of players, and we've got a great university. So I, we, we miss you guys as much as uh, anything also, too. not We don't just miss the team. We miss having the students here, and we, we want you guys to back, too. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. All right. Take
0: care. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Well, that was uh, for those tuning in to KDSW 89.9. That was Coach Kat Connor of the Texas State Bobcat t- soccer team. Um, it was really great having her on, giving us some insight. Hopefully, when we all get back to campus and um, we get some more news about what the NCAA is going to do for the sports sports we can talk maybe more to her and the other coaches and players on the on the staff and see. How they guys are, how they are progressing throughout the season, but um, now let's move towards uh, some pro sports. I know this week um, Kansas City Chiefs fans were pretty excited with the with the news about Patrick Mahomes. If you want to get into that, Riley.
2: Yeah, Mahomes just signed a ten year, almost five hundred million dollar contract, which is the largest contract in sports history, and. Compared to other notable contracts that that are the largest, LA Angels center fielder Mike Trout signed an extension last in 2019 for 426.5 million for 12 years and then also we have in like the third kind of position after Patrick Mahomes topped them Mexican boxer Canelo Alvarez who signed an 11 fight contract with DAZN a London which is a London-based streaming service Um, but it's interesting because Mahomes like he's not guaranteed the five, like the full 500 million. He's only guaranteed a part of that instead of like how Mike Trout is guaranteed all of his money. So it's going to be interesting to see if Mahomes gets injured and this doesn't really end up to be the largest kind of sports contract in history. Like, yes, it's the largest contract, but he might not receive all the money. Um, And we also see a lot of these big contracts, usually in the MLB. Like if you look at the list of, who has the largest contract it's just a bunch of mlb players and basketball pretty much so it's a huge step for the nfl um the chiefs and mahomes are making like a landmark in nfl contracts and it's going to be make more quarterbacks want more money so back to you ethan for that because you have more information
0: yeah for sure for me at least (laughs) being a cowboys fan i mean we're pretty Pretty excited to see how the the Cowboys are going to deal with um, Dak Prescott's contract contract situation, especially since um, reports have been coming out like he's been wanting money ranging from like thirty five million a year to what Mahomes got forty five million a year. So it's it's interesting to see like how Mahomes contract. Even though like I think a lot of us can agree like Dak isn't the quarterback that Mahomes is. He's still a pretty good quarterback in his own right. So it's interesting to see like how his contract situation is going to work because recently he signed the franchise tender for 31 mil so it's it's going to be interesting to see like what he might ask next year or how his extension might go and not just that like guys like Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson their contracts um, are coming up and Lamar is up there with Mahomes he already has an MVP he already has tons of regular season wins so it's interesting to see how much they're going to pay and see if they lean towards that. The, like the lifetime contract, like that Mahomes got the 10 year or they're going to try to go like big in the short term, maybe like surpass the 45 million a year, but just get like maybe like a four or five year deal. So it's going to be interesting to see. But like not only like with football news, we also have basketball news. Like I know it's been three or four months since the NBA has uh, paused their season. So I, I, I can speak not only for like uh, basketball fans in general, but for myself, like I'm pretty excited to see the NBA resumed towards the end of the month. I know Christina has more information on that.
1: Yes, yeah, so just a little story, um, story back line for, you know, before the quarantine started, we really thought we were going to have everything was normal until, you know, January 26th, the death of Kobe. And then everything kind of went downhill after that. It seemed like uh, March 11th is when, you know, the NBA decided we're not going to go ahead and play any games, put anyone at risk because of the pandemic that is currently going on. So we really, really haven't been able to watch any sports in general. Uh, basketball is my favorite, so I was kind of bummed out about that. But as we're slowly going back into the motions, um, they did announce that we are going to start it back up, and I got to take a glance at the schedule. It's looking pretty good. The first couple of games, one of the games that I'm most excited to see, because it is my favorite team, is the cuppers versus the Lakers. Um, the schedule's looking really, really nice. It's looking, and they're starting in Orlando. Um, and I'm looking forward to it just to see, like, how they were preparing, how they're going to jumpstart the season, just with uh, any team, really, not just to do with my favorite team, just to see it just get back into the motions. And that's what excites me the most because, you know, we've been missing sports for, like, three months now, three, four months now. So just to see how they prepared for everything, I'm really, really excited about that.
0: For sure. And it's interesting to see that, like, a lot of players, they're opting out um, to stay home with their families rather than going into the sort of, like, Orlando bubble where, like, there will be no fans, being play- uh, fans in attendance. So it's interesting to see, like, what the atmosphere is going to be at the game. Like, is it still going to be as intense as, like, a normal playoff game would be? Or would it be leaning towards more, like, just, like, normal, like, or workout basketball that these players play in the summer? Like, how will it affect them? So um what kind of players did did you see that um were opting out of playing Orlando?
1: Um there are actually a couple that are going to be opting out uh DeAndre Jordan, Davis, Burdens, Trevor Ria, Avery Bradley, Victor Alo Alo
0: Defa, Elodiva, I
1: gotcha. <laughs> my bad. Um, but I looked more into it actually. Um The ones that are, they have an option. So they can play if they want to, or if they don't want to play, they don't have to. But with their contracts, nothing will be affected as long as it has to do with health. So if it's anything outside of that, they will be affected. So, you know, I'm praying that, you know, none of these players were affected or maybe they're just trying to take the precaution of, you know, keeping their families safe, their loved ones safe and stuff like that, keeping their team, teammates safe, you know, because it goes far beyond, you know, just playing basketball. Now it's more of just keeping everybody healthy so no one else gets in and they'll have to shut back down the NBA.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm just excited for the season. Uh, to be over like I'm ready to like watch see who's gonna win the chip because I'm a big Lakers fan myself so I'm really excited to see if LeBron and AD can really get it done and but it's gonna be difficult I mean the West is really difficult this year especially with teams like Houston um the Clippers and even like some some middle of the pack playoff teams like uh the Nuggets Dallas or even um uh Utah that that was keeping my mind but yeah I'm really excited to see um but yeah um also I wanted to, to do a quick shout out to JR Smith and Jamal Crawford two veterans that I'm that were out the whole year they they didn't sign to any team but this offseason um this quarantine offseason JR signed with the Lakers and yesterday Jamal Crawford signed signed up with the Brooklyn Nets so it's really exciting to see those guys back in the NBA two veterans um yeah but I'm just excited for basketball to continue
2: It's also going to be interesting to see because they've had such a long break um, between like the regular season and then this like little regular season plus the championship so it's gonna be interesting to see if like who was on top in the regular season is gonna stay on top going in to the championship um, it's I think it's gonna be a really interesting matchup
0: absolutely especially because like how important we all know like we cover sports all the time like how important momentum is so it's interesting to see how that's gonna play a role in like these games especially because like home court advantage isn't a thing anymore <laughs> since you can't is in one place so it's kind of going to be up, all up to the players and what they can do but i mean that's probably going to be it for us today with ktsw and bobcat radio this friday but yes, yeah, just stay tuned um it's ktsw 89.9 you can follow us on twitter at ktsw and on and on our new instagram and youtube page at ktsw as well um Plus, we're also doing all these episodes will be uploaded onto um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. So if you guys miss it here live, don't you worry, because you guys can check back on it. Um, yeah, that's going to be it today. Um, I'm Ethan Hamilton.
1: Christina
2: Willis. And I'm Riley Lowe. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. yeah, you guys have a good one. Stay tuned.